Cabin Devils. My name is David and tonight I'm joined by Lucy and she is not just uh, a good friend but uh, she's going to be uh, my special guest tonight and uh, I know she's been a, a, a host, co-host but today she's a special guest. Uh, she's the main speaker for tonight. We want to hear Lucy's story from the beginning to the end. Biblical counseling. What is biblical counseling? What is biblical counseling? The role of a counselor in our lives can be difficult to understand because we've come to believe and notice uh, that those that need a counselor have a problem they cannot solve. And that is partly true. But today we are joined by Lucy Murungi and her job is to convince us tonight that we need a counselor. Maybe we don't and it is okay not to need a counselor. At least that is what I believe. Good evening once again. And uh, tonight, I'm thinking we should do it a bit different. I'm going to have most of you guys who are brave enough uh, call in to ask Lucy questions live. Those of you who are not bold enough, maybe you could type your questions in the chat. Why? Because biblical counseling is not as popular in Africa. Uh, I mean, you've watched the movies and uh, when you think about counseling, you're thinking about a shrink sitting in a a sofa and asking you all the questions and taking notes. That is the picture, at least, that I get. But today, we want to make a case for biblical counseling. We want to make a case for biblical counseling. Our goal at Cabin Devils is to stay connected to the Lord jesus christ Uh, why because he said in his word in john chapter 15 he said i'm the vine you are the branches whoever abides in me and i in him he it is that bears much fruit apart from me you can do nothing and every evening at least for every monday wednesday and friday we try to spend some time together as a body of believers to try and remain connected uh, with the lord and i pray that each one of us will be blessed. Each one of us will be blessed today. Why? Because we don't want to be nothing Christians. He said, without me, you can do nothing. We do not want to be nothing Christians. Being nothing Christians is not good. Let me take a minute right now to welcome Florence. Let me welcome Kato Victor. African Mama, I think I found out who this is, and uh, I hope she'll be able to call in. At least uh, I know they are good friends with Lucy. We also have Habo here with us. Thank you guys for coming, Theopista. I don't know if I pronounced that name very well. Maybe someone will correct me one day. I don't know how to pronounce the K, or I should just ignore the K, but thank you so much for being here. Charles from Rwanda, Andy. Sefatu, thank you. And we do have Jenny. Jenny has been a host, I mean, a, a guest as well on one of the podcasts I've done. And uh, thank you. Thank you so much for being here. Jackie Shine, it's been a long time. Seth, my good friend, Seth, what's up? I know we do have uh, some sort of uh, lunch date coming up. Uh, One of these days, I'm looking forward to just spending time together. Terry, thank you so much for being here. And we do have Victor, has also just joined us. This is Perry. Peter is the name. Samuel, thank you. Thank you. We do have uh, Humuza. 
And uh, let me see, I don't want to miss anyone. I think some of you guys are using a desktop. That's why I cannot be able to see who you are. But McLean, thank you. Thank you so much uh, for being here. Welcome to Cabin Devils once again. It's always a pleasure having you guys. I don't take your time for granted. I always appreciate our time together. Thank you. And thank you so much. Well, Lucy, you have two minutes to convince us that we need a counselor. Why? Because we, we've handled difficult situations before. And I want to say that we've got this. But do you think otherwise, Lucy? Why do we need a counselor? <laughs> How are you, David? <laughs> I'm doing great. I'm doing great. How are you? My evening has been awesome. What's up? It's good to know you're great because even the, those who are great, it doesn't rule out the fact that we need, we often, we would need a counselor. And here's why. Life happens and life is happening every day. I'm very sure everyone listening right now Life is happening. There's that particular situation going on that you have no control over and you have no answers. Life is happening. And the hardest choice we can make for ourselves is to choose to go through it by ourselves. So why would we need counseling? We first need to understand what it is. Are you willing to let me go there right now or the time is not going to take us there? Please, Lucy, don't give time as an, an excuse. We've just begun. <laughs> so please, <laughs> we've just begun. We've just begun. What is counseling, yeah, Lucy? What is biblical counseling? In, in brief, yes. In brief. Well, you talked about a shrink and some may understand what a shrink is and others may not. And a little while back, I was listening to some podcasts about psychotherapy and what, and people going and lying down on a, on, a, on a couch and sharing and just pouring out all their stories. And then she walked out on me and then what? And all that. And this person is passively sitting across a desk and nodding their head with wisdom just spewing out of their eyes. Lucy, hold on, hold on. This is how it goes. This is how it goes. So this two-seater couch where you're sitting... And she's sitting behind mm -hmm. a desk, holding a pen with a notebook with black glasses. Mm -hmm. uh, and then, and then you're sitting there and you're talking about your problems at home. And then she asks, "This is after your wife has disrespected you." And then she asks the question, mm -hmm. "How does that make you feel?" That exactly. stuff is just for movies. That stuff is just for <laughs> movies. Is that what we are talking about today, Lucy? That that is partly what we're talking about today. But most of that is going into um, sort of like behavioral therapy in trying to get you in touch with why you're behaving, why you're feeling the way you're feeling. And now how does it, how is it responsible for the behavior that you're displaying right now that everybody, they call it dysfunctional behavior. Yeah, that, that kind of therapy is pointing you at the, at, is pointing at your circumstances and trying to help you understand that what you're going through is the reason why you're behaving the way you're behaving. Whereas biblical counseling asks you, what does the Bible say about the way you're behaving? So it sort of comes round from the other side, bringing you to take responsibility. Because at the end of the day, everything we do, regardless of what's going on around us, is a choice. Everything we do. 
you have a choice. You have a choice when you are um, so stressed and you walk into Café Serie and you choose to buy this ice cream and just eat, 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 eat. Okay? You have a choice either to do that or to go and talk to someone and say, you know what, this situation is driving me crazy and I need someone to pray with me. Which choice will you make? Now, Lucy might be tempted to buy, if she had all that money to just go and buy all the ice cream she wanted, she might pick the ice cream option. But what I'm trying to show you there is we all have a choice. We have a choice to make. And biblical counseling brings to light the choices we make in light of God's word. Biblical counseling brings to light the choices we make in light of God's word. That that is brilliant. I mean, I wish I could just tweet that and put the hashtag cabin devils, hoping that uh, it was Lucy's original words. But that that uh, that is profound. Lucy. Thank you. <laughs> it's uh, that, that's amazing. Like we could end the show right here, <laughs> and we would have understood exactly what we are talking about. Let me let me let me just borrow the words of uh, this gentleman. I think his name is Ed. Welch. I hope I pronounced it well. Well, English is not my first language. But he says this way. He says, biblical counseling in its best conception gets at how the entirety of the church, not just trained professionals, can be mobilized to love others well. It's about ordinary people being used by God to help the lives of others. And he says, at one level, It's even as simple as learning enough about somebody to be able to pray for them. It's average Joe Christian beginning with the basic questions. How are you doing? And how can we pray for you? And could could this be the difference between a shrink and a biblical counselor? And of course, at this point, we're not yet getting into trained biblical counselors. But in essence, what we are trying to say here is each one of us tonight can be a counselor to another believer, but could that be the difference between a shrink mm-hmm. and biblical counselor, Lucy? Um, the biblical, counsel- biblical counseling puts us all at the same level, whereas the shrink, like you mentioned, the shrink goes through all this training to become the professional. Biblical counseling, we as believers have a mandate to one another, to be each other's keeper, to be our brother's keeper. So I am called to counsel my brother just as well as the next person and the next person, as long as the Bible is the standard. Amen. Ladies and gentlemen, if you do have a question for Lucy, please go ahead and post this in the chat. We would like to take questions at any point in time. And uh, I'm really glad that you guys are here. Thank you so much for joining us tonight. Lucy has been a Christian for so many years. She graduated high school from Gayaza, the school, not the village. And uh, she's married to Arthur Morongi and together are raising three children. I should say that together they are counseling three children daily. Lucy, do you want to speak to young parents who have tuned in tonight about their role as counselors uh, to their children? I know it is difficult for a child (laughs) to see a counselor, Uh, yet I also know that as a parent, 
I must trust my children with a body of believers. And I, 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 I need to, I need, I know sleepovers have been demonized, but part of me thinks that sleepovers are okay with the family that you trust. And uh, it is said that an African child is raised by a village. And uh, someone once said, we cannot socialize our own children. But Lucy, how is parenting similar to biblical counseling? Are they the same thing? Where does the village come in? Um, and, and to be safe by village, I want to mean the body of believers. Parenting, number one, as parents and counseling our own children. But also speak a little bit into how the other believers play into the lives of our children, Lucy. Okay, I'll, I'll go into, I'll first look at, as a parent to the child, the counselor that the parent is, first of all, the child, having children, all of you who are parents now, you are, I'm sure you've come to the reality that you, you've even discovered more about yourself that you didn't know. And that is also something that God's word does. It reveals, it uncovers, it unearths. And having children will bring out, will expose the sin in you. Where you thought you were the pro, it will expose the sin in you. Now, biblical counseling also does that. As you, um, Galatians 6, Galatians 6, 1 is, on, is where it says, brethren, even... Even if anyone is caught in any trespass, you who are spiritual, restore such a one in a spirit of gentleness, each one looking to yourself so that you too will not be tempted. That is biblical counseling. You look to yourself because the same word applies to you. Now, as children, as parents, we are guiding our children, but we also look to ourselves because they see more. Um, you've heard it said more is caught than taught. They will pick things from what they see you do more than what you keep saying to them over and over and over. They'll watch your behavior. And that's the primary counseling. Now, where does the community come in in all this? The community, the outside community is going to see things that you won't see. The outside person is going to see something about your child. You're going to be with your child every day. And you might be so irritated, you might be, or you might think your child is the golden child and what, but then when they go out there, there are things, it's amazing how children adapt in different circumstances and environments. The child will behave a certain way in, let me give you a classic example. Children at home, uh, your child will say, I don't eat matoki. I don't eat binyewa. I, what, 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 what? They give you all sorts of sanctions. Then you take them to visit Auntie Grace. And my goodness, there's Matoke and Binier were served at the table and your child eats very happily and finishes and, and actually says, I love Binyewa. And you're like, ah, me guy. As in, it's like, What's up with this person's food? What do they put in their food that I don't put in mine? What's happening? So our children will are discovering the world. So we need the community because as they step out in different environments, different sides of them come out. And as they discover, we need to have community. 
around brethren around to watch and help us guide in those areas where we will not see we will not even be there when my son who says i don't like greens goes to jaja's place and then says he loves greens and it could be the other way around Lucy, so I know David, talked I don't about know if this that before. covers mm. I, I know we've talked about this before in a joking way and once i have asked to watch your kids and i've joked about it okay and you did understand it was a joke mm. <laughs> <laughs> um, and i said that young man we say ah oh, you can't handle this young man is very very difficult to handle then i say just give me permission to spank and i'll be with him the whole day where 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 would you draw the line lucy <laughs> because when we were growing up the uncle would spank you the neighbor would spank you and uh mm-hmm. today <laughs> today we that that can be you can be arrested you can be arrested uh it, it's called That's child abuse true. even in school it's becoming more and more difficult would you say that spanking is limited to biological parents lucy Would you even spank your own children? I would by the say, way, in terms of mm-hmm. Oh, just put an exclamation mark, please. <laughs> <laughs> oh wow. Yeah, just put a, anyway. Um uh, I believe it it is limited to um the biological parent and or the guardians to whom as in that I entrusted with the child that the parent knows and is confident that they share the same value as in um once if you as david told me said give me permission to spank your child i have seen your children i have been around them and i've seen the way they they react when the threat of spanking looms overhead so it gives me an idea of whether spanking is a traumatic experience in david's house or if it's something that is something that just purely reprimands and reminds them and i have to be conscious of that but where i'm not sure i would rather limit it to or why okay if my child can't be handled please let me know i will deal with them without fail but don't take it into your hands just for the protection of my child so how do we establish that in our communities there has to be full disclosure in friendships to know as in if i've been around david's house long enough to un- to know how things run so if he says he'll spank my son i'm not worried i'm not worried that he's going to kill him but if i don't know <laughs> he and my hand over right. and find a there's a very very thin line in the sense that uh, between abuse and actually disciplining a child and i think that's where the government exactly. i have a friend i have a friend who says every time the family uh, fails to handle particular issues well they're handed over uh, to the government if a child is abused um, then the government will put a law and say no more no more no more spanking children and so it's it's a very very thin line so but in our case when we were growing up definitely the whole village had permission for as long as they were older they catch you stealing sugarcane it ends there the punishment ends there 
But today it's difficult. It's different and for good reasons. Very, very good reasons. Mm-hmm. But even for the parents who are here, I would recommend that you check out the website, The Ministry Dad. He's a very, very good friend of ours um, that just, I think when we had faith, he sat us down and he gave us the very, very first piece of wisdom when it comes to disciplining children. Please, please check him out. The Ministry Dad. I think it should be the theministrydad.com or .org. Just Google The Ministry Dad and check out that website. He has very, very good material when it comes to raising children. Well, at this point in time, we are going to take a break, and I would like us to listen to this beautiful song, Chain breaker, chain breaker. Why? Why? Why this song? And I'm glad that um, Seth posted this uh, verse in. Uh, I mean, this passage in the chat, Galatians chapter six. And Lucy did read for us. Let me read it again. And I think this is the basis. This is the foundation of what we are talking about. Galatians chapter six, from verse one, it says, "Brothers, if anyone is caught in any transgression, I have not done the Greek study on the word caught and what they are trying to." talk about in this verse, but I would like to assume it is not they've been found out, but I think it's the part of being trapped, okay? Not that someone has been caught red-handed, but I think I'm, I stand to be corrected. I think it's in reference to someone getting entangled. If anyone is caught in any transgression, you who are spiritual should restore him in a spirit of gentleness. Keep watch on yourselves, lest you too be tempted. But verse 2 is, is kind of bringing the problem that we're talking about here with better description. It says, bear one another's burdens. Bear one another's burdens. Why? Because the difficulty that we are talking about when it comes to our spiritual walk is actually a burden. It is a burden. But I also love when Christ says, my burden is light. My yoke is easy and my burden is light. Just when obedience is becoming difficult, remember disobedience is harder. It, it carries heavier consequences. When, 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 when the police officer stops you and you're driving uh, and you, you're not wanting to give a bribe, it is difficult. It is, you're losing time. Probably you're losing more money by not giving a bribe. And that is difficult. But remember that disobedience is more difficult. He says, my burden is light. My yoke is easy and my burden is light. And this guy did a very beautiful song, Chain Breaker. Please check it out on YouTube. I think it's a beautiful, beautiful communication of what God does to us when we trust him. He actually literally breaks chains and he breaks down prison doors. Chain Breaker. Uh, one of the verses says, we've all searched for the light of day in the dead of night. We've found ourselves worn out from the same old fight. We've all run to things we know just ain't right. But he says there's a better life. There is a better life. And you know, it's interesting um, that sometimes we get discouraged uh, about our walk with the Lord because of the examples that we see from other believers. And uh, I think the question when someone approaches us either out of a correction about some of the ways we are living our lives, some of the questions sometimes we ask is, who are you to correct me? Even you, you are a sinner. And I would like you to watch, um, subscribe right now on Cabin Devils, uh, on Podbean right now. And as soon as that episode is ready, I will post it. But we did cover uh, some of those difficult questions uh, a few days ago when we covered the episode that was entitled, 
mind your own spiritual business as an attitude that some Christians have. I think it covers some very, very good content when it comes to some of us who have been discouraged uh, by watching another person's uh, life. But tonight, we are watching another person's life and we are listening to them and they are guiding us following Galatians chapter 6, starting from verse 1. Someone simply trying to bear another person's burdens so as to fulfill the law of Christ. And um, we might be caught up in a transgression. Let's allow another to walk with us, to walk with us, to guide us, to give us wisdom in how to be able to overcome. Lucy, I was thinking about tonight and uh, trying to remember um, some of the things we've learned with Word of Life. And I was reminded that in 2000, it should have been 2004, or three, 2004, I think, maybe three, between three and four, the first teens camp, Word of Life. It was at Tiber High School. That was the name before it turned into Tiber International School of some sort. Tiber High School, I was a camper. My camp counselor, I think, was Dan Masiko. But in our group discussion, there was a lady called, I think, Pauline. And by the way, I think it was that lady that interested me into IT. She used to lecture at Makerere. And I used to go in my senior six back and attend her classes, as she taught ICT. And when I joined campus, eventually, my heart was just towards ICT. And today, I, I am glad um, she did play that particular role in, in my life. But Dan Masiko was our counselor at that point. She was part of the group discussions, I remember. I think time passed by, and uh, today at World of Life, you would not find girls and boys mixed up in terms of someone being in the same group discussion. Those things ended. But Lucy, I want to speak into genders, okay? I want to speak into genders. The counselor then made a huge impact in my life. And I remember when, as a church, we went and borrowed World of Life Games equipment. And uh, when we were returning them, I was the one who was sent to return them back to World of Life. And as I returned them to the store, I met Thomas Obonde at the compound. This was in Intinda then. The offices were still in Intinda. Mm-hmm. And I, I told Thomas, I want to be a camp counselor. What do I do? And he said, come back on Monday. <laughs> I'll teach you how to be a camp counselor. And that Monday is when our discipleship relationship began. And I want to say discipleship and counseling are almost the same thing. Why? Why do I say that? A couple of years pass. Grace and I are getting married. And so we begin marriage counseling with Thomas Obunde and Faith Obunde at their house. This was in Bunga then. This is more than almost 12 years ago. And we're beginning, he pulled out this biblical counseling book for marriage counseling. We opened the first chapter and he said, we've covered that. We opened the second chapter and he said, we've covered that. He mentioned the next one, he said, we had covered that. And we had covered a lot of the marriage counseling issues by the time we were getting married, out of a discipleship relationship. And I almost gave you a clue to the answer, but I would like you for a minute to speak into genders. Um, When it comes to counseling, if a dude showed up, Lucy, and says, I need counseling, what would you do? First of all, I would look around. (laughs) I would first ask, okay, 
what as in what's up i would definitely be <laughs> interested in so depending on what issue he's talking about i will run I'll, my mind will run so as a lady counseling a guy there are issues that i am not uh, i'm not in a position to help that guy walk through i mean if he says um he's struggling with sexual temptation aha uh-huh. now as a lady their questions and their the details I'm not going to go into I I shouldn't be going into with a guy to help him through this process and as a guy he has no business discussing that with me in terms of being a brother's keeper so if we as believers want to protect each other avoid defrauding each other then would have to keep that respectable different the distance to not delve into certain matters that are going that we are not going to be able to handle so it's not because the principles are not there it's not because as a lady i don't know what guys go through no it's because god has set he has set parameters in place and a guy best address the guy issue a lady would best address as women we have um a a, a propensity is that a big word david you don't like big word sure about the listeners but me i'm sure i know okay we have a, <laughs> as ladies we have a tendency to get um sort of an emotional attachment to the more time we spend around someone and the more um they share intimate details about themselves we we get involved emotionally even though we're not thinking all sorts of things and dreaming all sorts of dreams about them we we just get that attachment it's just our natural bent now for a lady that would be very useful to us and another a fellow lady when someone connects and says oh wow she's struggling with this oh i need to keep checking on her um if it's an issue with masturbation oh i need to talk i need to call and check in on uh let me call what name is safe to use now david i might give a name and someone says hey <laughs> no there's no um, safe name right now <laughs> there's no safe name um, uh, but lucy Let me let me let me let me just uh, I know you're talking in relation to the perspective give us the perspective of the lady but I I've heard of pastors who attempt okay to counsel hmm. um ladies and uh, this is a technique they have used of having their wives present mm-hmm. for those meetings or having another lady present during those meetings and of course some discussions may spill out of um they may spill out of out of the meeting okay but what what would you like to say about that where there is accountability present that could there be permission um to do something like that what what are your thoughts and i know this is not really and i won't sound very funny right now it's not a matter of oh this is evil this is but it's it's a matter of wisdom in us knowing Hey, I wouldn't trade. I wouldn't go there. But what what are your thoughts, Lucy, when it comes to a pastor who would say, "Well, I need my wife present before I can have this meeting." Isn't that safe enough, really? 
there's there there is safety in that the accountability however it doesn't take away um the matter that i raised first that that attachment that grows because if this lady unless that pastor is committed to constantly pushing as in he's sort of laying the foundation for this lady to open up and then he is subsequently going to hand her over to his wife to carry on the follow up because is the pastor going to be the one calling her at midnight to say are you sure there's no man in your house right now are you by yourself um or is your sister around where are you those are things he's not going to do let's look at it's just plain wisdom because if you look at even the secular world um when you go to the hospital uh their male gyne- gynecologists they're probably the more popular ones right now and you will find that guy always has a nurse in the room whenever this lady comes in for consultation there's all at least if you're visiting a gynecologist who doesn't have a nurse in the room please ladies do please that is a red flag please ask to have a midwife around but the good people the the ones that have their principles their heads on straight have a midwife in the room a third party that is for protection that is for it is just wisdom because anything can happen look at what happened to joseph poor guy bambi unsuspecting uh, a lady could just go haywire and pin all sorts of junk on you same thing for a pastor he might have he might be totally well meaning and a lady um because of her emotional attachments starts reading too much into his kindness into his concern and she turns it into something else which causes a problem for him and his marriage so even if he starts things out with his wife in the room it should be towards pushing this lady towards continuing the relationship with his wife from there on so he's phasing himself out he's sort of working his way out of it does that make sense david it does it does make a lot of sense and i think uh, chipson right there did um, make a good point when he says the emotional attachment lucy talked about is real the wife present can't be present in a whatsapp inbox and uh, it, it's interesting that you both even from what you are talking about and and you are implying which is true that this counseling becomes life it becomes i will call you for accountability yes. it is not just the office meeting and uh yes, it's in interesting fact, the, the last um yeah. the last training i was in called it care and discipleship the last biblical training biblical counseling training i attended mm. was called care and discipleship because that's how it is you care for someone and you walk with them do life with them as a brother mm. Let me make an invitation right now for any one of us here ladies who would like to get in touch with Lucy um it might be just for uh, a cup of tea in fact Lucy let me make a let me make let me make a, a promise here that the first five people to get in touch with you I'll buy the coffee mm-hmm. myself from Cafe Java's ah. the first five people to get in touch with you I am buying the coffee myself from Cafe Java's I'm not buying the entire breakfast 
terms and conditions apply. <laughs> Just the coffee. <laughs> Just the ha. coffee from Cafe Javas. Fast mm-hmm. five people. Let me know. The email is lucy at cabindevils.com. Lucy at cabindevils.com. And I posted that in the chat. Uh, if you can look down there, you'll see lucy at cabindevils.com. Lucy, I have three more questions uh, for you uh, right now. One is, uh, I think, let me start with that. It may take you longer to answer than the other two. Uh, maybe I should start with the short ones. And uh, now I don't know. I'm conflicted. Let's just do picky picky ponky. Right. We'll take with the leverage one. Now, um, I'm one guy who doesn't like being a slave to anyone. And here is the issue. I talk to you. Now, by this, I'm talking about a counselor. I've sat down. I've talked to you about what's going on. But part of me is afraid of being blackmailed. I, I don't want to be dependent on you. I don't want to feel like uh, you are holding, if you're playing cards, eh? you know when you're playing cards and then you're distributing them matter to, and then by mistake you realize uh, the, the other card flips over as you're giving it to your opponent and it's a joker. I don't want to feel like we're in this mm. game and, and you're holding leverage over me. Like uh, I, I, I want us to be on, on level ground. And we might be afraid that someone has leverage over me when I share what is going on in my life. How, if someone came to you, Lucy, and that is their fear, um, I know a statement, all is well, may not cut it, but how would you help a guy like me who might be afraid to share what's going on because I don't want to be, I just don't want to be anyone's slave. Starters, I wouldn't be in a hurry to get you to tell me exactly um, the the dirty details about you. Um, it would be more about like we've we've built the foundation that counseling is a care and discipleship journey. Um, it, for some, it's a long journey. For some, it's it's shorter than others. And in this case, you really just invest in a friendship and a relationship. And sometimes that it takes longer for some than for others. But as that trust grows, then you will choose when to start letting me in on what exactly the issue is. Why do I say that? There's, it happens a lot, even in the professional um, therapy and all. People come into the counseling room and the, prob- the issue they present is not actually the issue that, that is bothering them. They always start from somewhere else. They start from Chibuye when the issue is actually in Kabali because they, they're testing. They're testing. Mm. They test the waters. So in order to, um, on the biblical side as a brother, just that love for one another, that unconditional love and presence and consistency, it builds a trust that will then help someone. It will bring the guard down. So it will bring David's guard down to know that he can trust and, mm. and just be real. 
it it will give it will show him how how real to be or it will also show him that her this one just wants to get info about me pack it up and then move on and i've armed them and they're going to shoot me later on in life they will come up and use this against me that you can only prove that by walking the journey and counseling is not a one day thing it's not a three month thing it's something you need to be ready to be in it for the for the long haul Lucy, you're talking about a journey, but how will you handle five journeys if these ladies have all sent you an email right now? And I'm asking that mm-hmm. in relation to when you say a journey, it means this journey has to come to an end. You can't be in a journey forever. When do you know that now it's time to let to let the counselee go? Um, when do you know? We know that by the simple purpose of the counselor the counselor is a biblical counselor is meant to equip not to handicap okay mm-hmm. you will find the secular counselor is looking for ways to keep you coming back because you're paying for every hour that you spend mm-hmm. with them so they will give you piece by piece or oh, go and do this go and do that ah now you're making progress ah now you have deteriorated now you have no 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 in this case a biblical counselor is using the word of god which is powerful and effective sharper than any double edged sword and god's word will not return to him void so it's a walk of faith so on taking on joining someone on their journey my role as a biblical counselor is to equip them with god's word and how and just walk with them in the journey of applying it and living it out and as they go along they gain independence on seeing it for themselves their friends of mine have counseled for wow it's been almost 8 years now but it's not the same anymore if if this lady calls and tells me something she's done and it's sin I will not react the way I did when she told me 8 years ago. My reaction will not be the same. Um mm. all because I know that there's nothing I'm going to tell her from God's word that she doesn't already know. She knows what to do. The reason she's coming to tell me is sort of that accountability to expose cause sin grows in the dark. But a principle that she has also learned over the years is if i expose and bring it to the light the the devil loses power <laughs> over me because mm. i'm no longer hiding and god's word shines a light into the darkness and exposes that sin and that's the first step and the rest of the way she knows what to do my role really is to pray for her pray with her and just hold her hand as she goes through but i'm not going to be telling her as it i'm not going to handle it the way i did 8 years ago mm. does that answer your question yes it does it becomes easier over time i mean it's like having the first child uh, you cannot mm. believe you will have five children someday uh, but they grow up and then there's a second one and then a third one and then twins i think when i was speaking mm. i had grace mama a little bit <laughs> <laughs> 
That creating a safe place may the Lord make us all trustworthy. Um, in essence, may we all become safe spaces. And I think that's yeah. really a good prayer to make. Yeah. You you want to be able to be a safe space. Why? Because one day you will also need that safe space. How about thank you? Authenticity, confidentiality comes from the relationship, and that will take. Time that will take time. Thank you. This is awesome. I'm really loving. I'm, I'm I'm so sorry, guys. You only have five minutes to go, and this is the most important question right now that I would like to ask. Kind of t- tied into the previous questions we've been talking about. Um, Lucy, we've listened to you for a whole hour, and let me tell you, there's one or two people I here can't who might. Yeah. It has gone really quick, and. But trust me that there's there's a part of us, at least for me, where I'm listening to you and I'm thinking, man, you you can you cannot think you're better than me. Um, why? Because the counselor talks from a pro position in the sense that I've I, I kind of know what I'm talking about. Is the is the kind of the counselor's attitude, and human beings don't like others being better than them. Um, and I know we had a conversation earlier on, and you said to me that in, in counseling, it's it's things that I've applied, things I've wrestled with, and things that I've applied. Um, would you like to just explain to us how and why, uh, Lucy, how did you get called into counseling, even to this level, where you, you, you're just naturally seeking out those who need help, and you, you're going to spend resources, you're going to spend time, uh, to help them be able to find victory in their life. Just just take us back to how that happened and why this passion, Lucy, all of a sudden. Not all of a sudden, but why this passion? <laughs> okay, well, um, from way back, incidentally, it starts with my work at a radio station uh, many years ago. Um, I was given the privilege of producing my own show, I was the director said, "Hey, you you have free reign, design something and run with it." And I thought, "Okay, I'm going to do a counseling show. I want people to just call in and share their problems, and other people call and give them solutions and what." And and that's how things started out. And I was enjoying that. But then, as time went by, the show it was three hours, and I used to fill it up with all this inspirational music. But as time went by, the three hours, I didn't have time for music anymore because people had real issues. And stuff came up that um, Timo is saying, how do you, do, do counselors suffer from compassion fatigue? I became overwhelmed. I became overwhelmed by the things I was hearing people say, the things they were sharing, the real life issues that were out there. And these are people I couldn't even see. I was just reading. They were sending text messages. They were sending emails. And it was overwhelming. And I, 
a year into that, I went to the to the director and I said, look, I need to go and be trained to handle this because I'm going to go crazy. And he gave me the go ahead and I went to school and started doing um, counseling, psychotherapy, though it was more of the secular counseling. And I, yes, it equipped me, but it gave me a clear idea of what the, the way the world looks at issues and I already shared that in the beginning, that it gives the, puts the responsibility on circumstances instead of my own choices. Then when I joined Word of Life, I started learning about biblical counseling and how that turned things around. And then is when I started getting answers that, no, you point people to God, and as they walk their journey with the Lord, they will discover answers, and it's God who will change them. It's not my responsibility to change the person. And that was such a relief. It was a great burden off my shoulders. But now in this delving into biblical counseling, I had to go through, I was constantly told by um, uh, Mr. Obonde, a good counselor has to be a good counselee. And I thought, eh, whatever, whatever, okay. And I kept studying but as I studied, I came across material where they would give you passages like Galatians 6 or a passage about parenting or a passage about forgiveness. And in that point in time in my life, I'm struggling with unforgiveness. For many years, I had such bitterness against my dad for many, many years. And I came to a point where I couldn't go any further in the course I even stopped submitting. I couldn't submit my assignment because I couldn't complete it without facing the issue. I had to face it in order to put the answers and pass the exam. As in, there was no way I could avoid being honest, and I wasn't ready. I kept saying, no, Lord, no, 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 this, no. I've refused. And for as long as I held on to that bitterness, I couldn't move any further until God helped me through and through just confronting his word over and over again, it broke through. It broke through that sword sharper than any double-edged sword. It broke through and melted the hardness in my heart. And only then could I continue with the course. Now, guess what? This was a course that I could have finished in three months. Guess how long it took me, David? Don't say three years. Five years. <laughs> no. No. It took me five years because I kept meeting those stops where the issue in my life was so real and I was not the pride in me. I wasn't ready to let go. I'm like, Lord, no, this one is mine. I will tell people what your word says about it, but me, leave me alone. And God would say, okay, you stop. As in, it's not going to go any further from here. And I would literally be at a standstill until I faced the issue, until I allowed God's light to shine in that dark place in my heart. So counseling has to begin with me. If I'm not allowing God's word to transform and help me, I am of no use to my brother. I'm of no use to them whatsoever. So that has been my journey. It has been a long one. It's been painful, and I'm still on it. So I am still in the pain. 
<laughs> Lucy, you're going to look at Nobat's last question there and uh, answer it. But before we get to that, something came to mind as we come to the end of our show that I would like to just point out. Maybe you can uh, shed some more light on it. I've had this mentioned several times. I've spent some years as well doing counseling. It's not as pro as Lucy. It's been at camp. But one of the warnings we're told is never promise you will not tell anyone. And, and of course, mm. this goes to the confidentiality issue. And this was the point that they made when you're counseling someone, not to promise you won't tell anyone. Promise confidentiality, yeah. but the promise not to tell anyone can bind you in the, in the event that they committed a crime and someone comes to you and says, I killed someone. You cannot not mm. let the authorities know. At that point, it's out of your hands. Um, it's, it's, it, it, it can be interpreted differently and you can actually be charged. Um, but Lucy, just point to that a little bit and then just get into Herbert's, I mean, Nobat's question. Why? Because it's exactly what you're talking about. What do you do or how do you deal with a scenario where one of the people you're counseling comes up with an issue you are going through yourself? Let's just give a random one. Smoking or drinking alcohol and Lucy is adding a little something in her tea and she knows for sure that this is an issue I'm going through as well. How do you deal with that? And of course, genuineness comes into the picture, but must you be perfect mm -hmm. to help another? So many questions and our time is out, but try and summarize them, Lucy. Uh, your last question sort of uh, helped summarize it. And I would just turn it around. You do not have to be perfect to help someone because God's word is the same. The same way it's addressing my issue is the same way it will address yours. So the fact that I'm still struggling, I'm still on a journey with that issue, um, doesn't stop me from pointing you to the same truth that is at work in my life. Whether I'm walking in obedience to that truth or not is a matter that um, God will tap me on the shoulder continually. Um, and that's where even hypocrisy comes in. I can't pretend. And I believe there's a place for just being genuine. I've heard many times preachers standing on the pulpit saying, I'm sharing this, but personally, I'm still. it's still a struggle for me. And that disclosure disarms those you're sharing with to, for them to see that you're not Superman, you're not Superwoman. But the one thing that is super, that has power over all, is the word. So as we walk together in the word, we watch it transform. So as you find victory, you come and testify, and maybe even I will be encouraged. That's why care and discipleship, the counseling ministry, is not just for the alleged pros. All of us as brethren are called to counsel one another. Was there a second question linked to that? No, the other was just a comment on uh, on crime and not telling anyone. Oh, yes, yes. Uh, that, yes, confidentiality, that is definitely a, a number one. You were not supposed to discuss what someone else has shared. However, we cannot give you that. Um, in the event that it, there's also a caveat to that because um, in the event that your issue comes up with um, issues of life and death, 
meaning you're sharing something that involves that is putting you your life at risk or the uh, other people around you their lives at risk i cannot stay i i will not i will break the confidentiality there i'm not obligated to to protect you there um so issues of life and death issues of crime definitely i think mm-hmm. i believe those are the two crime and um and life where life is concerned Amen. if i Thank if you. i believe you. you're going to yeah yeah i, I mm-hmm. won't repeat that Thank you. That, that's awesome. Um, when you meet Joel on the way, you can slap him at the back of his head. He's saying three months turned to five years, how the Israelites went through the desert for 40 years, dealing with stuff. But thank you so much, Lucy. How about thank you as well for the comment. Beautiful, beautiful comments I'm seeing coming through here. He says, we too should be willing to be open and truthful when sharing to be helped, uh, not Katwe when it's actually Kabali. Okay. That was an illustration Lucy gave. Some of us mm. may not know where Katwe is in relation to Kawale, but uh, privilege of being a Ugandan. Thank you guys for being here. Greetings to Kimberly. I know Kimberly is listening in right now with Florence. I hope Florence, you're back. I think you're back. That's the only way you could be listening together with Kimberly. Thank you so much for returning to this beautiful country of Uganda. Oh, please, may I send greetings to some good friends? Yes, please go ahead and put to meet our friends. Uh, special special shout outs <laughs> to to <laughs> some ladies that I meet I meet every Saturday. They're sending mm-hmm. WhatsApp messages, very excited. And thank you for being a part of Cabin Devils and I hope this is like for forever. Awesome, 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 awesome. I mentioned here earlier on that you can reach Lucy by sending her an email, lucy at cabindevils.com. It's an actual email that exists, lucy at cabindevils.com. And I mentioned that the first five ladies to reach out to Lucy in wanting to meet and talk about what is going on, maybe in trying to find solutions to some of the things that may be going on right now, I would buy the coffee myself from Cafe Javas. Lucy, can I put a, a disclaimer that this is not your ladies that you meet on Saturdays? New ones. We want yeah. new ones. <laughs> we want... <laughs> there, there might be what stuff you are say, hey, Lucy, we are covered for the next meeting. But Lucy, mm-hmm. thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. It's It's been a privilege uh, to have you here. Samuel, we'll come to the men. We'll come to the men. That reminds me, this coming Wednesday, we're going to be having Mr. David Chiravira talking about or beginning our series on the Christmas season. And uh, it's mm-hmm. going to be awesome. It is not what you guys have heard. Talk about the boy child. It's not what you guys have been hearing. Okay? It's, it's going to be... Th- this is not your typical Christmas message. I think it's going to be awesome. We're going to be talking about... A very, very simple verse, and we're going to break it down into three. Wednesday, Friday, and Monday will be the last time, will be not the last time, but we'll end that particular series uh, on Christmas. And from there on, I'll share with you how the rest of the December is going to look like. I know at some point we shall have Dr. John Norris come back in December. And uh, we were laughing about that today, I think because on the 31st, he's going to be talking to us. And I told him, well, I'm, ex- I'm anticipating a drop in listenership because guys will be waiting for the first to happen. But I don't mind being alone with him as we talk about the end of the year. We'll be celebrating the 31st together here 
on Cabin Devils. That's going to be new. But guys, thank you. Thank you. Peter is asking, what time are we meeting at Cafe Jabas? Peter, check your inbox. Check your inbox. But we'll see you soon. Allow me to close the show right now. If you're going to listen to a podcast before you go to bed, you, you can as well grow in your faith. Cabin Devils. Cabin Devils. Your number one live podcast. Every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, 9 p.m. East African time.